Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, and welcome to Newsweek's Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. On July 16, 1993, I went to the De Pere 14 Zene in the suburbs of St. Louis, Missouri, to see this new film called Hocus Pocus. I was alone, snacks in hand, ready to bask in the brilliance of my all-time favorite performer, Bette Midler. I was a kid, so I was excited, and I, be- I left totally obsessed, fully obsessed with this film. And I fully expected all of my friends that summer to go see it, you know, I just assumed. So when I went back to school that following September, I was like, did you see Hocus Pocus? It was a big Disney film after all, so of course they all would see it. But to my growing frustration, which only intensified over the years, like years later, nobody saw it. None of my friends saw it. I was livid and I'm still bitter about it to this day. And I'm no longer friends with any of them. Thank you very much. The road from Hollywood flop to highly anticipated sequel nearly 30 years later has been a wild ride, as Bette Midler told me on today's episode. And the whole reason why Hocus Pocus 2 even came about is really a credit to the fans, she says. While the film didn't go far in its first run, years after it was released, it created a cult following with annual showings on television. Then high DVD sales followed. About 10 years after the film was originally released, Many, including Bette herself, started lobbying for a sequel. Even though it didn't initially go anywhere, fans and the film's three stars, Bette, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Jimmy, all stuck to it, which ultimately led to where we are today with Hocus Pocus 2, which will be released on Disney Plus on September 30th. Candle. We have to get out of here. The witches will be here any second. Ah! The, the book is alive. He woke up. <gasps> oh. If we intend to live past sunrise, we have to steal their souls. Whoa, 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 wait. Can we talk about this? No. <laughs> we must fly. I say all of this to prepare you for what's about to come. Yes, we talked about Hocus Pocus 2, of course, which I'm very excited about. But as you'll hear, not only am I on cloud nine just to be talking to Bette Midler, but I also couldn't miss the opportunity to explore Bette's thoughts on her career, her films, and her work on the stage. After all, this year marks the 50th anniversary of her debut album, The Divine Miss M. It's the one that catapulted her career. What started as a standard celebrity interview about a new movie turned into a moment between a devoted fan and the celebrity who more than lived up to the expectations I had starting way back when, when I was that little kid in the movie theater in awe of this powerhouse performer. There's that expression, don't meet your heroes. 
Not only am I glad that that expression does not apply to me and my hero, but I'm also just so proud that this moment is documented forever. So go on, grab a snack, because I will be right back with, oh my God, I cannot believe I'm even saying this, Bette Midler. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I have to say, before I even ask you a question, that you are, you, you, so much of you has informed me as a person and as a performer. Like, I, I, before every performance, I listen to Bang Your Dead from Live at Last. It's like the song I have to listen to from you. And I, I can't say brawl without saying over-the-shoulder boulder holder. Like, you are... You've been such a huge influence. And I wanted to know, like, how does that feel to be such an icon in so many people's lives? Well, you know, I did something I don't think about, but I'm really flattered and happy that you feel that way. And I and you look like you're having a great time. So I must have done something right, which is, you know, always, always so gratifying. Yeah, I mean, you I, you definitely have done many things right. And I have to say also with this film, with Hocus Pocus, the original film, I, on Friday, July 16th, 1993, I had my mother pull me out of school to see the very first showing of Hocus Pocus at De Pere 14 tonight. I had to see it before anyone else. It, oh, that's funny. It was, well, I mean, because you have been such a huge influence on my life that literally that film, it was perfect. I loved Halloween. I loved you. And did you ever think that a sequel to the original would happen? Well, I'll tell you the truth. I was uh, lobbying for it about, it started about 10 years. Once it got legs, which was about 10 years on, maybe eight years on. Mm -hmm. uh, once, once it started having growing into this phenomenon, uh, I started lobbying for um, a, a sequel and of course, I got nowhere until just like a couple of years ago. And then people, all of us really pitched in. Sarah did, Kathy did. We all felt like we, you know, it deserved a second life. And um, we started, you know, I started right, like I said, I started not that long after it was, it was, it, it had opened because we started seeing that something was happening. We couldn't quite figure it out, why, figure out why, but it was, there was no denying that there was something going on. And as the years went by, it got crazier and crazier. And I must say, I have to say, you know, a big, huge th th thank you and a huge shout out to all the fans that basically made it happen. Mm -hmm. If it hadn't been for them, uh, we would we never would have done it. I, we never would have been, been given the, the the green light to do it. Yeah, it's I mean, it is 
so interesting how because I know the original they the Disney released it in the summertime and it wasn't near Halloween and it was sort of That's right. it was all yeah. over the and I remember being very angry as a child being like why is this not out at Halloween this is my Halloween moment <laughs> and even at the Disney parks going up in like 2000 being very angry they weren't selling Hocus Pocus merch at the parks like I, I told well, someone somebody was selling Hocus Pocus merch yeah because when I started seeing it online I was absolutely dumbfounded yeah I couldn't believe it I think at one point I needed it for, I needed the costume and I couldn't get my hands on the costume. I usually, I often keep my clothes from shows, but this time, uh, we were not, no, Disney does not allow that. They put everything back in stock. Yeah. And, uh, I was trying to get my hands on the costume and someone said to me, Oh, you don't have to go to them. Just go online. <laughs> and I went online and I tell you, my mouth fell open. Yeah. I had no idea that this was going on. And I think that I called my agent or I called, call my agent. I <laughs> called somebody and I said, this is crazy. Did you know this was happening? And I, as, as I, my, as if memory serves me, they didn't. And the more you dug into the internet, the more you saw that there was this, this madness yeah. about those three characters. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I, you know, tried to use it as uh, kind of a an impetus for the studio to say to give us another shot at it. But yeah. I, I ne- we never really got anywhere until a couple of years ago. And they, I guess, you know, they I, I don't know really I don't know them anymore. I, I knew yeah. them. I knew the Bob Iger crowd. Uh, I knew the Bob Iger crowd, but this new crowd, I didn't. I don't know them. And uh, I, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It, you know, things, it, everything changes. And these days it happens. Things change so fast yeah. uh, that it's kind of hard to keep up. But I'm re- we're really gratified that we got the chance to take another crack at it. And according to uh, many people at the studio who have called, um, when the three witches appear uh, at these uh, on the screen in this new version, it is as if Elvis has entered the building. <laughs> they say it is so nuts and i mean i mean i when i hear this i don't i mean i of course i smile and i chortle but i it's so it's so much fun yeah i i I really do hope they like it they've been so good over the last 30 years and i hope this i hope this meets their expectations i have to say i think part of the reason because i was part of those rabid fans who since the film came out in 1993 i've been begging for something for more of it and i think one of the things that that really led to the fandom is the internet. I mean, if you think about it, social media, the internet wasn't really a thing in 1993 that that people yeah. could sound off. But once yeah. social media happened, people were sound. You hocus pocus, and you and hocus pocus is so memeable. You are so it's the it's so high camp gif that it's it's we we needed that, and, and I think the the fans really spoke in that way by sharing it online every year throughout the year. You know. I- I agree. And so I so more kudos and more shout outs and more thank yous to to the people who took it to their hearts. And really, um, I've never had that kind of phenomenon. I I would like for them to go back and see every other movie I made. See if they can do the same thing. Oh, well, I can, if they tell- can push me over the top. <laughs> I can tell you I have and I will lead that oh. change dot org charge. Thank you. Um, well, that, that's great. Thank you very much. But I do have to say, like, it's. It is one of those things where, sure, everyone can want a sequel to an iconic film that there's a huge fandom for. But 
it's a scary prospect in a lot of ways because it, it can be a hit or a miss. It can, some sequels really fly and some don't. And did yeah. you have any nerves going into it about how to make it right? Um, we worked really hard. We worked pretty closely with the producer um, uh, who was generating information to the, you know, sending information or notes back to the writer um, um, we, we, we worked on it, but did we have any qualms? I don't think we had any qualms until we actually, um, got into the gear and, and, and looked at each other and said, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was, once we got in, you know, once we started acting, uh, it was exactly as if it, we had n- 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 not even a week had gone by from the yeah. last one, uh, it was instant. We just went right back into our old characters and went right back into our old relationships. But, you know, during the pre-production process, you do have qualms. Mm-hmm. Of course you have doubts. Every artist has doubts. But you kind of have to put them aside and you have, you know, because you've now you have signed on, you've committed. Mm-hmm. And once you're committed, you have to take it to the you have to take it to the end. You have to see it through to the end to the best of your ability. And that's one of the things that I like about um my my life and my work and my um and and my business is that you know once you're committed you, i've always my motto has always been you know excelsior yeah. onward and so um we we you know we had our doubts you know not doubts but second thoughts but yeah. especially because it was covid yeah and you didn't really know what that meant mm-hmm. and we found out and it was it was enormous Mm. it was it really really enormous there was we didn't know uh we thought oh as long as we keep it to ourselves and we have our masks on everything will be okay it didn't work that way yeah Uh, people got sick there was there were quarantines there was testing almost every day there were um you know severe restraints and severe restrictions so that was really more the doubt part Mm -hmm. that was what what gave us qualms more than anything else not the script not the not the costumer big shout out to sal uh not the uh, production design nothing like that but mostly what does this mean in terms of safety in terms of human safety Mm -hmm. and uh and and so that's that that was where where we landed on that yeah yeah i must say we i must say through it all even though there were uh you know there were there were illnesses and there were quarantines and there were reschedulings because of sickness. Mm-hmm. Even we kept marching marching on. And I have to say, I have to give a big shout out also to the director and to to Anne Fletcher and to Lynn Harris, who shepherded us uh, through it and who never lost sight of the final goal and yeah. whose spirits always remained high no matter what happened. And you know, stick to itiveness. And I mean, really, literally, if you need a job done, give it to a woman to do. Yes. And really, they really came through for us. They really did. When I heard that Ann Fletcher was being was the director, I because I loved the proposal, and I think she's such a genius, comedic, campy director that mm-hmm. she she gets it. And I was so it just felt when she was signed on with all of you as well. It just felt right. It felt like it was in safe hands in a lot of ways. Yeah, I have I've known her for a long time, but I've never worked with her, and so I wasn't exactly sure uh, which way the it was going to land. But the the good thing about her is that she's a choreographer, mm-hmm. and uh, so there's never a, a, a fault in her staging, and there's never a fault if you say I don't know what what the what 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 do I move like? What does the move look like? Yeah. She could tell you. 
She could just pull it out of her hat. So, you know, that was a great, great help to, to her timing is impeccable. And that for me, that was a big help. Yeah. A, a real big help. Yeah. When the original was released, I remember it being kind of a surprise because I wasn't, I hadn't read a lot about it. I mean, of course I was a kid, so I wasn't aware of a lot of things, but I, I remember it being sort of a surprise. And then I remember, I distinctly remember being very angry that none of my friends at school had seen it. And it, it made me livid. And now it's a totally different experience with Hocus Pocus too. There's so much anticipation going into it. And, you know, you can't even see the film. Like that's how like it's, I'm so eager to see it. And it's, oh. is the, when the original came out, were you disappointed by the, I guess, lack of, because it seemed like it would be a film that would be really big and and it sort of became a cult fan favorite over the years. Are, were you surprised at the lack of sort of enjoyment of it in the original when the original film was released? And are you happy now that there's so much anticipation? And does it that does that cause you any stress? It doesn't cause any stress at all. None, none at all. No, no stress. I have to say, 30 years ago when it first came out, I was disappointed because we had worked really hard on it. It was uh, uh, um, it was a lively experience. It was fun. The people we worked with, Kenny and Peggy Holmes and that whole crowd at Disney, they were absolutely fantastic. The set design was every day we would come, we came, every day that we came to a new set, we were mm. just like, we would, it was jaw-droppingly beautiful. Yeah. And um uh, we flew, and so we had this great. We had this great experience, and we expected it to be translated into the response. And when it wasn't, it was a, actually. I do have to say, it was a, a, a big disappointment. Yeah. But five years on, uh, after it went on, went after it migrated to television, and and you know the year after that, and it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I it was amusing. It was bemusing. <laughs> I have to say, I was. I watched it with a kind of like not just i don't know how to explain it it was it was surprised but it was also um i don't know how to explain it it was it was a slow burn in a lot of ways it was a slow burn and what do you say for a slow burn what the heck is going on yeah that's all you can say is what the heck is going on i wish they had noticed it you know when it first landed but you have to be so grateful in this life you're so grateful when anything finds its own finds its sea legs, you know, when anything yeah. finds, when any, any work that you do finds its audience, it's just a thrill. Yeah. I have to say. And I know that everyone who works in uh, this field and everyone who works in any form of art at all is always so grateful when someone says, we understand it. We go, mm-hmm. we understand what it is you were going for. And we really appreciate, we really appreciate your work. That's great. There is nothing more, more, more thoroughgoing. There's nothing more, more thrilling yeah. than people understand and when people appreciate. There's nothing like it. There's yeah. nothing like it. Well, so considering that it is so highly anticipated and that, you know, like any journalist covering it cannot see it, which is, I think, one of my favorite things about a film like this, that it is so tightly wrapped. How, what can people expect from Hocus Pocus 2? Well, they have, we have these, we have three new witches, mm. three gorgeous new witches. And when I say gorgeous, I mean gorgeous, <laughs> uh, very young, uh, who have not, are, who don't know what their story is. They don't know that they're witches. They're, they, uh, the usual, you know, the, the, the typical, not typical, but the, you know, the tradition of the virgin lights the candle. Mm. We have that. And so it's, it's, it's quite wholesome. It's there's no you know, families don't have to be afraid. Um, um, but there are also there's also a little bit of a backstory. 
mm. to it. We have the, 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 we have Winnie and uh, Sarah and Mary as children. I, I hope I'm not giving anything away. So you have that. You have you have your origin story, your backstory, and you have uh, the 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 very contemporary story mixed in with the with the return of these three uh, these three crazies. So that's all I can say about them. Yeah, so it's, a, it's a big mix. It's a big mix, and I think they did take a lot of. Um, I think they read their the the information coming from the fans mm. really closely, and I think that they were not just surprised, but I think it. I don't want to say they were led, but they were. There was some influence there. I really do think there was some influence there. I mean, and that's so important in a film like this, which is so fan. I mean, you know, opening day. As soon as it gets on Disney Plus, I'm I'm going to stay up late to watch it. Like I mean, <laughs> just like I did when I was a kid and got pulled out of school so I could see the first showing. I have to see it at twelve oh one as soon as that drops. Well, you know more about it than I do. <laughs> yeah. It's dropping at, at midnight. I, I assume so on streaming. It said it was coming on Disney Plus. So I assume at 12.01, I'm going to be up late that night. And that's okay oh, with okay. me. That's fine. Oh, um, okay. I do have to ask you. So like you, I had an interview with Tom Hanks not long ago. And I, I, I said that like he and you are two of the most quotable film stars. Because so many of your moments in film history are they're they're iconic quotes from you know from beaches from first wives club hocus pocus like there are so many so many quotes from you what is one that fans come up to you and quote to you often what do you get stopped for a lot huh what a good question well i what a, another glorious morning makes me sick always get <laughs> always, i always get that and i always get marvelous <laughs> marvelous i always get that yeah um, I don't know. I, I, it's been a long career, I have to say, very, very long. So yeah, yeah, it happens more than it happens a lot, but not not as much as you'd think because I'm not really out and about all that much. Yeah, but still, that mm-hmm. makes that makes sense. Well, speaking of sequels, there is one, and your other films. I mean, I I distinctly remember as a kid seeing Beaches and wondering and thinking, I want to be your character. Like I wanted your character's career in general. Like I wanted her life and. It was so that started my, you know, obsession with you. And then when I saw First Wives Club, that has become the gay anthem for every I mean, as a queer person, I can say this. That is our North Star. That is our, that, that film is our everything. And I think after Hocus Pocus 2, and we get that from you, which is something we've been dying for. Will there ever be a reteaming of you, Goldie and Diane? Because that's something that we really need. I, we, you know, we tried really hard. We, we all got together and we, you know, we lobbied as people do, but we didn't get anywhere. And I think there was something, I don't know, there's something at the studio. It was Paramount, as I recall. Uh, there was something, something going on with, I don't know, they didn't, did Scott Rudin or the studio. I don't know. There was something we never really got to the bottom of it. Uh, so I don't think it's. I don't think it's possible. Uh-huh. I don't think it's possible. Well, we can hope at least. Maybe, maybe. If- you know, I, I do have to say that that women have a much harder time mm. than men with these uh, franchises. Women, there are no female franchises that I can think of. Can you? No, I can't think of any either. No, there are no female franchises. There are tons and tons of male franchises and, you know, Marvel and DC comic franchises, but there are no female franchises. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would love to see a sequel to Bridesmaids. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, 
exhausted wives or, yeah. you know, you know, <laughs> exhausted mothers or something like that. But uh, so far, nothing. And I don't know. You know, the, the one thing I did note at when First Wives Club came out and it was such a big, big hit. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I did note was that across the board, the in the business, they said, oh, it was a fluke. What? Yep. That's what they said. It's a it's a fluke. If you said to them, we'd like to do a sequel, they say, oh, you can't do a sequel. That was just a fluke that three women had a hit. And I mean, there were th- not long after that. And I'm, I don't remember when the uh, Cher, Angelica Houston, was it? Susan Sarandon, Witches movie came oh, out. Oh, that know. was 87 for Witches of Eastwick. Oh, that, yeah. That was Witches of Eastwick. Yeah. They had a hit too. They had a huge hit. Yeah. And they didn't, they never went, they never got to do a, a sequel either. So, yeah. I mean, it seems to be the time of sequels now. It's been building for a, for quite a number of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the one hand, it, you know, on the one hand, I think it's, it can be great. But on the other hand, it's also a stifling of creativity. Yeah. Because the fewer original uh, pictures that you have, the worse your the 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 more you're cheating your audience. Mm. The audiences should be allowed to grow, and should be allowed new experiences, new characters, new uh, horizons mm. uh, in terms of entertainment. And I I sometimes feel that by retreading the same old you know by trotting out the same old characters year after year after year, you know you you dilute the the uh audience's experience mm. and they always wind up comedies anyway even if it's the most serious yeah. you know cartoon in the world eventually yeah. they wind wind up sending themselves up because how many sequels can how many batmans yeah. can you do yeah so i don't know it, it it's funny it's yeah. it's very odd and they don't really talk about it much but i personally feel that um i personally feel that that it's cheating it's yeah. cheating in a way yes I'll be right back with more from Bette Midler right after this break. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So I have two more questions for you and one that it it pleases me so much because it's an album that is an important album for me that I listen to probably monthly and it's the 50th anniversary of it is The Divine Miss M, which had, of course, it was the start of your career. It radically changed so much of, I think, probably your life in a lot of ways. And I want to know, are you you surprised at how relevant, because I was looking at the track list, of course, I know it by heart, but I was looking at the track list and so many of the songs are pretty iconic songs that people still perform to sing, listen to today. Are you surprised at how relevant it's remained and how popular it is all these years later? The songs are timeless. Uh, You know, eternal expressions, uh, eternal emotions, uh, you know, uh, situations that happen to most people that most people can relate to. So I think they're, yeah, I think they're, universal in a way there is uh, all songs about the human experience and the human condition. So um, I'm just, I'm, I'm thrilled. I didn't know it was the 50th anniversary. Oh my God. I better <laughs> call the label. I had no idea. Yeah. I read it's November. I think it was released in November of, of 72. 
No kidding. Thanks for the information. You pay much more attention to my career than I do. Uh, <laughs> I actually do. I have a Google alert. Don't worry. I'm so glad. I'm, is there anything I can send you? Can I send you something? Please, you can send me whatever you want. I will gladly oh, I, take it. Let me dig around and see what I can find. I'll send something really good. Um, um, where am I? Where am I? So uh, iconic. Yes. So those songs, I knew those songs. I wrote, worked on those songs with Barry and the, the, our, our band for years. We were, we toured on those songs. We, you know, we played bars with, on those songs. And when the album finally came out, those songs were so polished and so, uh, so uh, beautifully arranged. And so, you know, we knew those songs inside. Then we know every every note, every wrinkle of those songs. So, yeah. uh, it's not. It wasn't surprising to me that it was uh, that it's still played today. I only wish that all the rest, the other songs that I, all the other records that I have, and some of them are fab fantastic, mm. uh, had the same impact. You know, some of them were great. Some of them were not that great. Yeah. It depended on whether they were, you know, on your t- tail to you know they needed the product or not sometimes mm. you had to succumb to that it was a very checkered uh, recording career and some of it i love and some of it i'm not very fond of so mm. uh but in the other in the rest of the world i did i i, I was fine i was happy with with with, with my work i love the uh, many of the movies i made i really love and and many of the shows i did almost all the shows yeah. that i did that i directed myself and that tony basil helped me with and my team jerry blatt and you know Sean Farmer and Eric Kornfeld, my cr- my crew. Yeah. most of those shows were absolutely fantastic. Your Vegas show, your Ve- I, oh, I I I, I moved I moved to Los Angeles, and the first thing I did was I rented a car and I drove to Las Vegas to see your show at at Caesars. It was very important to me. <laughs> Before it was a great show. It was a beautiful, beautiful show. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> it was a beautiful show. And so many of the shows that I did were so stunning mm. and so moving. And I mean, I mean, I think that really is my. I don't want to. That, that's really where I. My that's my happy place. That's mm. really where I live. Yeah, on the stage in front of you know twenty five thousand people. It's I, I I don't think I I I so rarely have made a wrong move, yeah. and uh, that's just instinct and and uh, and uh, not just instinct. That's craft. That's what I. That's really where I live. Yeah. So I have a lot to be proud of in, in a fifty year long career, and um, I've had a couple. I've had serious blips along the way, serious snags along the way. But the you know it's it's a matter of keep you know picking yourself up and going on. Yeah, which I have to say is it, you know stick. Sticking around, longevity, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm really proud. I'm really proud of myself. I'm proud of everybody that worked with me. I'm proud of, you know, the fact that I was able to make so many people happy at once. And uh, I have to say, I'm giving my own eulogy. I love this. I love it. I know. I, well, I have one last question for you that I have to ask before we close <laughs> things is, so you, I mean, of course, you know me, I'm, I'm you know, now I'm a huge fan, but you have you've been so outspoken throughout your career and so many of the things you tweet go viral and you are you're you're a really you're a thought provoking person and, and nuanced in so many ways. And I want to know what like considering the state of the world right now, which is a mess, what is on your mind? What's sort of keeping you up at night? What's something that you're thinking about a lot right now? Well, of course, you know, the, it's such a pile on. Mm. There's so many different crises coming at you, coming at everybody from all directions. 
And I think the internet has exacerbated, the internet and social media have exacerbated Mm. uh, the stress that everyone is under. There's eight, there are 8 billion people in the world and every one of them has a microphone or a megaphone or a bullhorn. And they're all talking at once. Mm. And the stress of so much noise and so much, not just noise, but actual crisis, Mm. actual crises is more than a person can bear. You know, in the old days, you knew 200 people. Now you know hundreds of thousands or millions of people. And it's, I don't think human beings have adjusted to it yet. And it, it, that more than anything else, I think, being able to separate the truth from fiction is the thing that keeps me up at night most of all. The fact that people no longer know what tr- the truth is is the most devastating thing. Mm. And everything else uh, takes a back seat to that because if you cannot agree... Uh, on the facts. On the facts. If you yeah. cannot agree to the truth, then there is... It's only going to be... When they... You know, they used to call it deconstruction, but it's not deconstruction. It's plain... It's de- It's destruction. Mm. It's not deconstruction. It's destruction. Yeah. And uh, I think that... Uh, as my friend says, human beings are determined to make to make to to make themselves extinct, and wow. um, and um, that's what keeps me up at night. Yeah. Well, you keep me up at night in entertainment, and I thank you so much for for doing this. Has been a real honor of mine. And I, I there was one time a years ago, I thought I swore to God, I thought I saw you driving up Canyon Boulevard where I lived in Los Angeles at the time. And you had this this green Prius, and I I remember it's me. Was it you? Because I remember yeah. yelling out at you because I looked at you and I was like, "Is that Bette Midler?" I was like, "I think you're Bette Midler." And then you drove off, obviously, because you know I'm, it would be terrifying to <laughs> have that happen. But it was it was such a moment that I continue to tell people, and I'm so glad I have this moment now to tell you. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes, that is my green Prius, and it is a famous car. It is amongst the valets in L.A. because <laughs> no matter what garage you you pull into, they always say, how did you get that car? Yeah. How did you get that color? How did, who, how did, where did you get that car? Yeah. And I say, well, it's a Prius. And my husband, as a birthday present, gave it to me as a birthday present. It's a Prius. It's a hybrid. Yeah. And he had it painted for me. And he redid the upholstery. Now, everyone's going to say, oh, that bitch. She's, <laughs> you know, she's spending her money on a Prius. That bitch, how dare she? <laughs> My husband gave it to me as a birthday present. It was it's a gorgeous car, mint green, I think, right? No, it's not mint green. It is Porsche. Oh, Porsche. 1955 oh, green. Wow. That he researched and he got someone to do for me and he redid the upholstery too. Wow. And when I first got it, I was so thrilled. I mean, it's the best b- birthday present I ever got in my entire life. Yeah. I was so thrilled and I showed it to people and they were like not thrilled. <laughs> They didn't think they were like, I don't know what they thought, but I was, I, I mean, my husband, he is the greatest. Yeah. And, um, wow. And yes, and I'm, I am a, like, uh, I'm an icon to the, to, uh, to, to the, the parking people at, to, uh, yeah. to the parking garage attendants. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I, I saw, I saw it. I was like, that's such a strange color for a car. I love it. And then I saw you and I literally died. So yes, thank you for that. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really, really appreciate it. It's made my, oh, my day, my fun. year. 
This was great fun. I'm going to, you've been a doll. It's been wonderful to see you. Thank you. And I have, I, I, I'm going to find you some swag if it kills me. Oh my God. That would, I would, I, I, you're going to make me cry. Thank you so much. All right. You're so welcome, darling. See you soon. And I hope, I hope it does go as well. Keep your fingers crossed. It will. I know it will. I'm manifesting it. Okay, great. Thank Take care. You. Bye-bye. Bye. I, I mean, I can't, I still, I'm, I would say I'm speechless, but this is a podcast and I have a job to do, so I'm totally not speechless, but I am in, internally, I am speechless from that conversation with Ben. Thank you for listening. <laughs> and let me know what you thought about today's episode. You can find me at H. Allen Scott on everything. And thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot. If you liked what you just heard, please leave a little rating and review and maybe consider sharing it on social media. For more on the latest news and podcasts, head to Newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all the social platforms. Until then, watch something fun. I could probably suggest Hocus Pocus 2 for you. I don't know. It's a great view. I would watch it. I'm definitely going to watch it. Midnight. I'm watching it. And have a great day. (laughs) 